So, yes, we are finally here. The flat has been surveyed. It's been valued. Ooh. Ooh. They took the pictures. They did the virtual tour. Uh-huh. And I have just signed off on the listings and the other stuffs. Ooh. So, flat is now for sale, everybody. Get your you, bids in. You can buy Colin's flat with the cupboard that Colin records things in. Exactly. You can actually buy and own the place where I've done the show for the last nearly three years. Wow. How about that? What a moment. Definitely going to sell now. Well, so so this is what I was uh, I was told, which was the, the Glasgow flat market is very good at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Despite mm-hmm. cost of living crisis, apparently people still want to buy lots of property here and yeah. that it should sell within 10 days. Which oh, is wild. Get out of there, Colin. <laughs> so, yep. So I've got to clear out. But um, yeah, that's that's fun. So people, come on. If you if you really want to find out where I live, then um, go on Zoopla and search for my postcode, which I'm not going to tell you. If you want to find out where I live, know where I live and search it. <laughs> Actually, it's fine. It's G537UD and uh, you're looking for Parklands Oval. And yeah, come have a tour. You can, you can literally come and see the, the weird studio room that I'm in. Oh, actually, you had... Although, sadly, the, the video tour did not go into the cupboard. So you just have, you'll just see a mirror. Oh, they didn't? And you'll they think, didn't oh, do that's weird. Did they not want to show it off? I think it's because, well, chances are I'm just going to take all of this down because I spent a lot on the soundproofing foam, so I'm going to take the foam with me. I hope it comes down easy peasy. But then the, the next less fun stage is chucking everything into boxes. Yeah. And deciding what parts go into storage, yep. what parts go to Graham's folks, and what parts am I actually taking yep. uh, to the the flat? Because I need to keep living and working. Yeah. But I don't need everything. Like, do I need my banjo? Only the essentials. At, at your flat? Probably not. Your shoes, your computer, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. All you need is shoes and a computer. <laughs> there is, I'm sure there's a book, like a famous book about minimalist living. And the guy has like one set of cutlery, one pan, um, one yuck, bowl, yuck, one plate, yuck. one shirt, one ah, trouser. Why does he got a bowl and a plate? That's weak. one shoe, and that's his life. And he's like, "Hey, everybody, you've got too much stuff." And the chance, look, I do have too much stuff. I know I do, but I would say that, and of course, in my biased mind, it's all important. It's all very important. Isn't there a Mr. Bean episode where he's going shopping and he, like, chops the legs off some trousers to make them cheaper or something? That's, you should do that. I, Chop the legs off your trousers so they take up less space. That's a, a good idea. What I have done as well, actually, is I have, in the last few months, realized that a lot of the T-shirts which I bought from uh, over the last few years, which were smalls because I was, like, leaning into my gym bro era... Uh-huh. Are, are actually just laughably small now. So I just cut all the sleeves off, and now I have about a dozen vests. So now I've become a gym but like, vest bro guy. But like raggedy raggedy sleeve vest, Rag- not deliberate sleeve yeah, vest. Yeah, like someone who's taken literally taken a pair of scissors to sleeves and hacked them off in slightly Very cool. lopsided manner. So um, Very cool. yeah, that's what I'm doing with my clothes. Gosh, yeah. So um, it's all very real now. We have like a sign outside the oh flat boy. and everything. Oh boy, well... What about you? What's happening? I'm not selling my place. I just bought it. <laughs> Good to know. It'll be a very quick turnover. I don't think the bank would be happy. Mm. Um, no, I unfortunately, yet again, two years in a row, I have a, I have a cat who is unwell. Oh, man. With as yet 
undiscovered issues. She she just uh, is having a struggle. So we're in the vets and she's wasting all the money I was saving up to spend on nice things for myself. Uh, uh, well, it's the, I think she can tell when I've got a bit of money in the bank because every time I do, she's like... <laughs> Instant illness. Ah, uh, that's unfortunate. Well, you, you can... I, I will be contributing to Zelda's welfare payments if all goes smoothly over the next few months. True, right? exactly. <laughs> uh, that's, how, that's how pet ownership works. Yep. If you live in the same place, you pay half the fees. <laughs> exactly. That's one of my yeah one of the bills like Wi-Fi, energy, mortgage. Yeah. Cat. Yeah. Be warned, by the way. She is one of those cats that goes on random sprints at four in the morning. Zoomies. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so, like, if those keep you awake, you've got to just say it straight away, and then I lock her in a room instead at night time. Oh, My it's fine. Room like, specifically. I, I get woken up by the sound of, of pipes in the in the walls, so... Oh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're screwed here. One of ours is really loud right it's now. It's fine. It's fine. I have. I literally brought earplugs to... Oh, nice. I, I was I got, uh, yeah, Chris's I stag do last, last weekend, and we were sharing... I was sharing a room with uh, Kenneth, who snores, and talks in his sleep. And so I brought earplugs, and it was oh, fine. Oh, you brought earplugs. Very clever. Very clever. Yeah. I Planned see, in advance. I've got earplugs I try to use sometimes if I'm struggling to sleep because of the noise or struggling to fall asleep because of noise. They never stay in all night. Ah. Like, I think I've got ears that just have evolved to, to reject earplugs. <laughs> I'm, I'm the next level of humanity. My right. ears push things out. <laughs> it's good, good to, uh, visual language storytelling <laughs> right there. Yeah, well, that's... Um... That's unfortunate about Zelda and uh, all the best to her. It's stressful. Actually, it's stressful. Ugh. Like, I'm sleeping worse because of Joys. it. Well, what a what a great way to kick off another episode. Yeah. Of... <laughs> oh, let's talk about happy things. I, this bright, um, sunny podcast. Um. Oh, I don't think I've got it. <laughs> I've, not done, I've not really done anything aside from that. There's nothing of no. I've just had my usual kinds of weeks. nice. Well, one thing I, I would want to to mention is for anyone out there who's ever considered doing hospitality at a like a a football or a rugby event. Can I just say that? Wait, like I I think it's now the only way that I want to watch football for the rest of my life. Do you mean because like paying for the hospitality treatment at yes. a game? Right. Okay. Right, so as part of Chris's uh, like bro stag do, because he's got the two stag do's, because I mean, of course, it's Stone Family, two two stag do's. Yeah. So yeah, wow. first one being bros and dad, uh-huh. and we went to Tynecastle Heart Stadium mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and did the hospitality, mm-hmm. which started at like shortly after noon uh-huh. and finished at half past six, and it was a free bar. Three course meal, what? like dr- everyone dressed up, shirts and ties. You got like some famous players who come in and do it. We talk about how famous they are, uh-huh. and then they're like, "Hey, do you want a half time drink? Hey, do you want a full time drink? Hey, do you want other drinks? Oh, here's here's some really chic boutique meals and enjoy. Oh, and here's someone else really famous who's going to come and talk. And now everyone's birthday it is is going to come up and take a picture with the captain, even though they lost two 0 So oh. it was just. It was wild. Right. I really so it, enjoyed it, even though hearts were terrible. So go and do that, people. I mean, Get hospitality. But it's, all, it's a lot of different groups all in one big thing, right? Yes. They would hate that. So, <laughs> so I'm sure some people would. So 
for example, we were on a table with like four other randos, uh-huh. and you know, there's some like little bit of crosstalk, and there's wine in the middle of the table, and there's a bucket of iced beer as well. So a little bit of like passing and toing and froing, okay, and yeah. there's the team sheets and the match program. Can you name any one of them? First name only. I d- actually didn't ask anyone for their names because I was too busy drinking. That was just one. That that was my that was my only question really. But by the time the match actually started. We'd been drinking for about two and a half hours. I should say the room had been drinking for two and a half hours, and some of them, I'm sure, before then as well. Yes. And then it was halftime, and you went back inside and had another drink, and a pie, and a cake. Wow. And then full time, you went back in and had another drink, and another drink. Wow. And it was, I never want to watch a sporting event like that again, unless I'm in hospitality, because I am now officially... A middle-class snob. Yeah, what you're saying is it's great to have expending money. It's great to have wealth. <laughs> it's great to be rich. Wow. Revolutionary stuff with the oh, podcast gosh. so far. <laughs> Who have I become? This is terrible. Well, no, but is that... No, 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 no. Right, so there, I'm sure there most fans would actually just prefer to be in the stands because it feels more real. If it's a more genuine I'm, I'm also, experience. I'm also not a Hearts fan, let me be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but if you're going to watch sports and you're not really invested very much, of course the fancy person treatment is going to be better. <laughs> of course. I felt like a Tory. D- oh, do you, do you hate yourself now? <laughs> well, this is the thing. You know, I was, I, was, I was almost that free church guilt of, am I enjoying myself too much? Uh-huh. Am I allowed to be having this much fun? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drinking and eating good food? No, feel bad. But no, I, I I can appreciate the fact that of course it's a, it's a very enjoyable thing to do, and that's that is the reality for life. If you have expendable income, you get to do nice things. Yep. But unfortunately, sometimes you have to pay solicitors to sell a property, and sometimes you have to pay for a cat to get fixed. It's like two hundred quid for an X-ray. <sighs> Disgusting. I had to do the same for my dentist recently, and uh, the thing is, I always felt like they were avoiding dentist. me when they went outside the room to press the button to take the x-ray, but I realized now, actually, it's sending literal radiation oh, yeah. into well, yeah. the room, so if they were to do that every single day, they would um, yeah, it's about the regularity, rack yeah. up similar medical bills to uh, to cat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wait, your, de- your, your, your dentists have an x-ray thing that's big enough that they have to leave the room? Yeah, they, literally every single time, it's like they set it up and then they ah. do that kind of half, half walk slash jog out the room. And then they press the button, then they come back in. Oh, I just have like a little uh, mind of a probe. I, I, I honestly don't know. But uh, yeah, I had to pay for that. Sadly, well, thankfully, it was not 200 quid. So. They should invest in the probe for your sake because it costs a lot less. <laughs> yeah, I love being probed. Very quick. It's my favorite. Mm. Uh-huh. Well, as we discussed, yes. We did indeed. Okay. Seesaw Parade. That's the best segue I can think of. <laughs> I don't of. know when. I have no idea when. <laughs> we did. I'm sure at some point over the last... <laughs> we probably did at some point. <laughs> 310 episodes it's come up. Anyway, welcome to the show. Oh, the other, the other thing that's happening is we're, we're getting our mortgage uh, thing looked at. Eh? Which also sounds like a medical uh, uh? D- experiment, but no... Eh? We're go- going to a clever person and saying, "Hey, here's all our money. How much can you can oh. a bank give us?" And then we'll find out what we can buy. Are That's you, exciting. So you're actually going to a mortgage expert rather than just like calling yes. your own bank and going, "Hello, my bank. What can you do well, for me?" I could do both, but I'd like to have like a a broad spread. No, yeah, if you've got the time, spread those banks in front of me. If you've got the time to go through the whole longer process of asking the experts, and you can afford the little extra bit. Well, actually, probably will save you money in the long run. But yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can, if you can, do it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. How about that? Look at us, middle class snobs. Look at, you're, look at, look at you. 
He said he said singular. I was implying me too, but no. No. No, this is this is this is absolutely singular. I, I will take responsibility for this. Yes. Ah well. Okay. Yes. Seesaw Parade. Episode three one oh. Three ten. Thirty one zero. Wow. What a number. What a big number. Kinda of boring though. It's got a zero in it. Sometimes it does fail to dawn on me that we have done over three hundred of these episodes. Yep. Three hundred. That's yeah. mad. That's a lot of episodes. Wow. I mean, we deleted some of them, and it's we should a... delete more of them. We should have only the only the last month of episodes available. I'll be honest. Okay, I'm Colin, and James is over there. Wow, yeah. yeah. Say hi, James. Also, there's a cat here. She just arrived. She might make noises. I'm sorry if hey. he does. Hey, feel better soon. Zelda cards in the post, and you are listening to Scotland's longest running uh-huh. entertainment slash news slash politics slash most slash most truthful podcast. Sean Connery impression slash. Sports podcast in existence. Thank you very much for listening. And James, we we continue to add to our listenership. Uh I got a a message from uh, Katrina last week Uh who sent me a screenshot of a conversation she had with her brother, uh, Michael, who I believe... Is still in America, right? Uh, Katrina has has uh, she's one of them pesky migrants uh, who who came this is here. This too real. That's actually too real. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's, it's like that. There's such there's such a common headline right now that it's just actually know. It's barely it's even terrible. funny anymore. Yeah, I think pretty sure she's half Greek as well. Oh, it just gets worse and worse. Ah, she did not come here in a boat. Wait. For any of the Tories okay. who are about to lose their rag. Like, what about a flying boat? It was like a flying tin can. So, yeah, close enough. Anyway. That sounds pretty small. It's very suspect, I know. She sent me the screenshot uh, of a conversation with said brother. Okay. And uh, the quote here, and I'm going to read this verbatim. Oh, no. Colin and James talking about UK politics is such a breath of fresh air. No way. That's not real. Followed by... (laughs) Imagine living in a country where politicians say, judge me on my record, and then people actually do it. WTF. Listening to the no, new episode now. No, that, the UK sucks. The politicians here suck. That's, I'm sorry. We've done a bad job. <laughs> we've done a bad no, job. No, no, because this was on the back of Sturgeon saying, judge me on my record when oh. it came to the education, educational attainment gap, oh, and we did, and she failed. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, we very much appreciate it. And if you do enjoy this podcast and you know people who want to also enjoy podcasts, yeah, do, this is a great place to start. Do you want to hear what idiots think about UK politics? Do you want to know what two uninformed people in a different part of the city to you know things and talk about their wow, lives? that sentence was incredibly sensible. <laughs> it was. It's Friday. I'm yet to start drinking. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. Very do very much do appreciate it. Words go here. Seesawparade at gmail.com or seesawparade on Twitter. Although, James, I am this close to abandoning uh, the hell site known as Twitter. It just gets uh, worse by the day. I did see. I, I do feel like I'm just one of the crowd who's like, oh, yeah, Twitter, Twitter's going to hell in a handbasket. But actually, it's just become worse and worse to use. I, do, I just dislike it now. So yeah. Twitter may be saying bye-bye. Uh, who quit? The NPR quit. They did. Yeah, I saw that. And so did so did one of the so did one of the the, the, the Twitter files journalists. There were, well, there was a few of them. Um, so Matt Tybee, I think he was the one who quit after yeah all the Twitter fiasco stuff. And to be fair, he didn't come off particularly 
particularly well either. But we have had in the last few days. Oh, he's an idiot. Twitter have reclassed various organizations, media outlets, I should say, like NPR in the States, but also the BBC as government affiliated outlets. And some of them have taken. They've, they've redone the BBC one. Yeah, though. so some of them have taken great offense to this and said, no, we are impartial. And so NPR who are in the States, receive 1% of their funding from government. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. 1% uh, pushed back and said, this is nonsense. And as a result, we are no longer tweeting. We will keep our profile there, but uh, bye-bye. Ain't doing anything. So yeah, others will follow, I'm sure. I wonder what percent of Tesla is government funded. I would love to see those figures, but I doubt we ever will. Because that would make... I would would obviously know how, how much of Elon's money is from the government. I reckon he's more than 1% government funded and therefore state affiliated. Did you did you see he also I I know this is like really on brand for Elon and he continues to populate this show despite my best efforts to keep him off it. No, he must He not. tweeted that the last day of verified blue ticks was going to be 420. Ha ha. Good good one Elon. This man is in his 50s. I, yeah, 420 jokes are only funny when they're ironic now, right? It's only when we're like making fun of the fact that they're not funny anymore, well, right? Yeah, but 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 also when when were they actually like, oh, what a great joke, well, four twenty, <laughs> like that's never been the case right. ever. But maybe that's the maybe that's the funniest Elon ever is is a hit, and that <laughs> therefore he thinks it's the height of comedy. Yeah, he gets one of those reactions. Maybe you'll get one of those like half breathy laughs that I do, like I just did a minute ago there. But no, like <laughs> sorry. Total tangent. There was a barber who I went to one time because my usual guy was on holiday, and at the end of everything he said, I mean everything, oh, he did well, the sort of left. was it uh, Dick, Dick Dastardly from these Saturday morning cartoons. His dog Mutley's laugh. The Mutley, that was it. Mutley. He did the laugh of oh, Mutley man. at the end of everything. So, so it was the best uh, barber ever. So how's, how's how's your week been? My week's been been wild. <laughs> Every sentence, it was, by the time he finished, after half an hour, I just need, I was about to punch him. It was unlistenable. Nah, I need that Byron to be like, your whole family's died. (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. Anyway, uh, let's let's talk about actual stuff going on, because stuff has gone on. Yeah, Twitter will die forever until it's dead. No, it'll be, it'll be hilarious, and then we'll get a new platform. He, it'll be fine. He did uh, give a BBC interview this week. It was cringe, In which man. he said he, he wants to sell, right? Uh, yeah. I, I don't remember the interview in full. There was... He looks insecure, and then he he was trying to pretend there was no increase of hate speech in his platform by asking for one specific uh-huh. example from the reporter, because that's how you prove things, is by giving one example on the fly. And it just shows how, how much brain rot he's got, that he thinks that that's a good argument. And then it shows how much brain rot his fans have, that, he think it's, that they think that he like won the debate by being like yeah tell me one example of hate speech on your feed on twitter in the last in the last month and then you can't like i could ask i could ask you on the street like name one female and then you'd be like oh, <laughs> in the moment uh, yeah i would not be able to name one people are still female or you know like i can imagine the same argument happening where elon's talking to like a like someone who believes in the holocaust and elon's like oh, could you name one single jewish person who died in the holocaust no. Oh. He's not actually done that, has he? No, but it's like the same base okay. of argument where it's just like... Just wouldn't put it past him. His logic is so flawed, and he's supposed to be this genius guy, 
and he can't, and he and he's and he's he's basing his interview logic on such trash things. And he he's not like this isn't in the moment like out of nowhere he's getting asked these questions. This is an interview. He knows what the topics are going to be, sure. and that's his picked retort. Is just like I don't understand this man, and. When his companies all fail, it's going to be fine. And we'll move on and maybe hopefully better people will take yeah. the limelight. But that's... Wouldn't hold my breath. Unlikely because, yeah, the way that the world works is that the least ethical people get the most money and therefore the most limelight. That's just how hey. the system works right now. How about that? And talking of, of that, let's segue onto our first story about Pure Merle. Oh, wow. Least ethical people indeed. <laughs> Okay, so this is the story that the husband of now former First Minister Nicola Sturgeon got arrested. Just recently former. Really weirdly recently former. Yeah. So close to right now. It's almost like a cynical person would say that Nicola may have resigned because she knew this was coming. Mm. A cynical person could say that. Yeah, like maybe all of us were doing that on the on podcasts and things, but being like, we shouldn't mm. really say it straight out loud right now. We should just take her word for things right now. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so this, the husband of Nicola Sturgeon, who up until the end of March was also the chief executive of the Scottish National Party, who are, of course, the party who are, are in charge of the Scottish government and have been in power for over oh, 16 years. Yes. He got arrested last Wednesday over this investigation into finances. So Police Scotland, they sent about 20 officers to the house. Officers began searching it. They put up a tent. There was a spade. It did look like a forensic scene, yeah. And like, like a earth. wheelbarrow there. Apparently they were digging up a garden. And then, at the end of the day, he was released without charge. Right. But... Uh, at this point, of course, that sparked all sorts of questions. And my understanding of all of this, by the way, is that £600,000 have disappeared. Uh, that's that's my understanding of this. Yeah, £600,000 are not well accounted for. Right, and okay. different amounts of that 600 have disappeared. So, on the, on the back of this, um, by the way... And it's been, it's been brewing. This story has been brewing for, like, three years. We've referenced it a couple time. of times. Yeah, so it was um, July 2021 that Police Scotland launched a formal investigation into the party's finances after they received complaints about how donations were being used. So this was after yeah. a fund was set up for an independence campaign, which, of course, we have right. yet to have. Uh, seven people made complaints. A probe was set up following talks in 2021. Uh, Miss Sturgeon at the time said she was not concerned and that every penny of cash raised online would be spent on independence. But here we are, right. almost two years later, and it does seem like a chunk of that money, a £600,000 chunk, is is missing. Well, that's that's my reading of this. I think the six hundred thousand is the total amount raised online, like donations from party supporters who wanted to donate to an independence campaign. Right, right, right. And then it's kind of been locked away in supposedly different random accounts, uh -huh. uh, very safely and securely, of course, and will be. I think they were saying it was ring fenced for you know campaign use. Okay, but then you're the Scottish National Party, right? So if you're in charge of that party, you might view everything the party does as campaigning for independence, and sure. therefore feel that maybe you can spend the money on whatever you want, so and not really tell anyone. 
which is maybe what happened. So here's... Here's the facts, okay? So, according to statements, the SNP raised a total of £667,000 through referendum appeals between 2017 and 2020. So so close to 666. Whoever put in that last thousand, you made a mistake. The party then said, of course, these funds were going to go on an independence campaign, which has never materialised. And the questions began to come in at the end of 2019 when its account showed it had just under 97,000 left in the actual and uh, assets of about 200 grand and then later on Mr. Murrell the man who was arrested last week uh, gave a loan of more than 100,000 pounds to the SNP to help it out with cash flow issues so where that money has gone I believe is is at the heart of this Uh, and also what's happened by the way is the party's auditors, the financial auditors, turned out they resigned yes. in September last year, and nobody was told about it. Yeah, and we didn't get told by uh, First Minister, we didn't get told by anyone in, uh, who represents us in Westminster, who also <laughs> would have known this, because the same auditors quit them, you mm-hmm. know? So SNP having a bit of a communications issue, right. some might say. Hmm. And, and also, so here's here's the other thing that happened. The police seized a motorhome <laughs> from a, a property in Dunfermline last week. Okay. I think it's Marl's ma, right? I think it's her, his mother, yeah. From so, her driveway, yeah. Scotland's First Minister, Hamza Youssef, who's only been in post for a couple of weeks, has said he, is o- he so only found out bad. about this after he became party leader. Uh, he was shown a police warrant to seize the item from the party. Apparently, it was meant to be used as a campaign battle bus ahead of the last election, but um, didn't look like it was. Like, I don't really care so much about the lack of a campaign. And the only reason is COVID. Right. So when you say, oh, we're going to spend a bunch of money on campaigning, and then a pandemic happens... It's like, oh, where did the campaigning go? Well, I guess they didn't do it. They should. I think they were saying they wanted to use the motorhome as like a, like a, a hotel on the road, so they wouldn't have to like worry so much about like sharing spaces and uh, and care so much about lockdown and stuff like that. But then we weren't allowed to travel anywhere, so I'm I, I'm assuming that uh, the motorhome quickly became useless. But it seems like such a stupid purchase. <laughs> like, why? Such it's a- almost like STV buying a bus when I started in 2014, and we used it. Uh, twice. Yeah, so it's a similar thing. For actual live broadcast. So it just seems like a stupid purchase that, that people in a boardroom decided was a good idea because they were all patting each other in the back, much like the STV bus, much like any other company when they do some stupid investment. But yep. if they used some of that 600k on it, they probably should have told the party supporters, hey, we bought a campaign motorhome. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they probably couldn't think of a good way to say that, and so they never bothered. But that, that's a massive problem if the now First Minister only found out about this when he got elected. That's terrible. Yeah, so the, so not only are they failing to communicate with the public and their supporters, they're failing to communicate within the party, and it's deliberate. From what we've seen from countless reports of the way the SNP have handled their money is that they don't talk to anyone, even like the board, about it. It's just... Yeah, the only the only people who know things were Marl uh, Sturgeon. Apparently, was saying that everything's fine, but we can't really know if she knew things or just was being told by Marl that everything was fine. Sure. So this whole investigation makes a whole bunch of sense. <laughs> but the motorhome part is hilarious, <laughs> but it makes a whole bunch of sense to <laughs> yeah. to investigate fully. We got to make sure there was no criminality. There was nothing going wrong. I'm supposing there probably was to get 
to get to get an arrest warrant yep. uh, to get these searches approved you got to assume there was some proof of criminality mm-hmm. um even if you can't actually charge the dude on the day um and this this should take a long time to process we're going to have a lot of time to see the story slowly come out from this uh, it should hamper the SNP for a while we might yep. get one of those minority governments that we were uh, right. we were just talking about <laughs> But no, Hamza, Hamza just actually more cursed every week. <laughs> As I said a few weeks ago, it's, I, I nearly said a poison chalice, but it's actually now looking like it will be because he's going to be the first minister who the SNP lose their majority under. And that is an unfortunate yeah. result of what's been happening over the last few weeks. But ultimately, two points for me. The fact that the chief executive of the party... Of, of ruling government and the first minister of said government were married yes. is a problem yes. and should not have been, I mean, maybe not dissolve the marriage, but maybe change the position that he change had. Change the jobs, yeah. Go yeah. and do something yeah. else because that clearly has led to Or at to least get more, issues. more oversight rather than having this closed doors policy. Right. And how much Nicola Sturgeon knew, of course, is going to be the subject of many, yeah. uh, much speculation, many questions. <laughs> Lots of speculation about if they had a shared bank account or not and oh, things like that so that's the level of like intimacy you're getting to with this because of their mistakes with not communicating anything ever precisely and if auditors of your own party are resigning but you're not telling anyone about it <laughs> it's such a bad sign it's such a bad sign so yep the sooner that we get that minority government as a result of all this the better Exactly. Like, it would be great to have a government who's only focused on things that uh, we know are broadly representing the more of the nation, because you have to get more cross-party cooperation. Things like a, G- a GRC bill, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, like, it's just, it just goes to show that, like, the, even though the SNP have done years and years of trying to message that they're this, like, good, wholesome, uh, functional, progressive party who does things well... When you as you said last time, when you look at them, they don't really do much, uh, and they do have a lot of failures. And then on top of that, they're just corrupt as well. You know, it would be nice to have not corrupt parties because this is corruption. Even if it is. even if there's no criminality, they're they're shifting about money in a way that's that is uh, clearly not right, and it isn't treating their supporters with respect, and it isn't treating the public with respect. Yep. Um, and if we're going to be complaining when the Tories do these things, we've got to be complaining when the SNP do these things, even if the number is like 600k compared to like 22 billion, which is basically not even a penny. It's, it's still, it's, still it's, yeah. the, it's the ethics of it that's relevant. Yeah. So final point for me, it, it, I believe it's going to make people think twice about where they give or who they give their vote to, because for years... People Both have been simply SNP. voting for the SNP because they want independence rather than actually supporting any of their manifesto pledges. It's just a case of, as the party themselves have said, yeah. hey, if you want independence, vote for us and don't look at what we actually are going to do in government. And now, I believe because of everything we've seen, people will think, well, actually, yeah. maybe I should put my vote somewhere else. And that, to me, is a good thing. We've even had Michael Russell, who is the current stand-in chief exec, admit that independence is not going to happen anytime soon and f- look fair enough as i've said it's mm, people if people want it yeah have a vote for it but people yes. don't want it right now in other smp news i'll do this segue because I, I think we didn't put this in the run order oh, nice. hamza has started the the legal challenge on the section 30 whatever yes um so even if i think i think he said he'd only do it if he got like a little go ahead from some legal experts 
most legal experts are saying it's unlikely to succeed because of the way that the legislation yep. that allows the block is written. Because it is just kind of like if the government wants to block it, they can. There's a legislation, which is weak and doesn't really seem like devolution. Um, but the challenge is important um, to me just because it shows that they're still fighting for devolution. They're still fighting for Scotland that represents itself. I think yep. if they just rolled over and were like, oh, well, we won't challenge this. And we'll just try to make random reforms, even though the government won't tell us what they actually want us to change. It would be weak and it would show that we're just like a puppet. So they got to challenge it. And then if it gets blocked, we can start having a discussion about the mechanisms that allow the UK government to stop the Scottish government from doing a thing. Sure. I did see one very interesting point being made is that oh, yeah? if the UK government thinks that they need to block this legislation because it allows different certificates in different parts of the nation uh -huh. how come they didn't block like the gay marriage bill in scotland because at the time and it still kind of does because of the age differences in the different countries it makes different certificates in different parts of the nation you know mm -hmm. there's an inconsistency here I, I guess it's because the gay marriage was broadly supported yeah, by everyone whereas right mm. now as we'll talk about later on, with culture wars and the Tories pushing in a certain direction, this would go completely against their agenda. So it was a much easier block. Yeah, they're, they're just they're, they're picking and choosing according to what they agree with. Yes, rather than yeah. what is legal. On, on my my take on this, by the way, is that yeah, because I'm just reading about this uh, here. So. This, of course, was passed by the Scottish Parliament in December from multiple parties rather than it just being one that the SNP forced through. It was cross-party. After years. Uh, overwhelmingly cross-party. With no, with, with no input from Westminster sure. when they get several chances to, to guide the system. Uh, UK government, of course, then vetoed it. I believe it was the first time they'd ever done that. And that was then described as undemocratic by various people and that this legal challenge was yeah. inevitable. So, yeah, I'm unconvinced it will succeed because the UK government will just say, well, no. nope, it's not happening too bad. We can, we can do but, it. But, uh, yeah, certainly yeah. it's another fork in the road and something that the SNP, I'm sure, will come back to and say, hey, look, if we're independent, we could have done this ourselves without having to be told no. Yeah, maybe once the public discourse has moved on so it's not so toxic because, <laughs> like you say, it currently is just a deliberate culture war issue from sure. certain other groups. Which we will get on to later. But let's move on. Let's go to the States. A couple more arrests to talk about. It's arrest heavy this week. And we'll start with the 21-year-old US airman who is appearing in court today. This is Friday. Mm -hmm. In connection with the leak of highly classified military documents about the Ukraine war. Yes. So Jack Teixeira was arrested by the FBI in Massachusetts on Thursday. Mm -hmm. uh, he was identified as the leader of an online Discord chat group. For uh, full disclosure, everybody, we are actually using Discord to do this like, uh, and have done. I am the leader of an online Discord <laughs> chat group. To do this <laughs> podcast. So, um, yeah, if, if we ever get blamed, uh, James is the leader here. So this is where the documents first emerged. This chat group on Discord where Miss Tejera has been uh, accused of publishing yeah. a series of leaked documents from the US revealing intimate, sensitive secrets about what the Americans are doing, including... That sounded very sexual, Colin. <laughs> sorry, but it didn't mean to. But basically, the US are spying on everyone, including the likes of South Korea, Canada, I mean, yeah. the UK, oh, wow. uh, the United Nations. Oh boy, I'm shocked. <laughs> Very shocked, yep. And also, it, does, it did seem like they have 
some intelligence pretty deep in the Russian military themselves because yeah. there were bits in this in these documents that highlighted the US alerting Ukraine that certain attacks were being planned and the only reason they knew that is because they got people they got within people, the Russian yeah. military so of course they do interesting stuff but this uh, yeah 21 year old being uh, held responsible for it and he I'm sure will go to jail forever he will go to jail for a very 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 long time indeed he definitely he definitely is going to lose his job um but no like <laughs> yeah. it's it's a huge leak but again like it's one of those things where something gets leaked, it's just like confirmation of what we already knew. Of course, the USA is spying on every single person they possibly can in every country, even if they've got like mutual don't spy on us agreements. And all of those yeah. countries are spying right back. You think? Every single country is spying on every single country 100%. I'm, I'm They're just trying to get away with it better. <laughs> I'm unconvinced that the UK would have like the same amount of budget allocated, even like Not Canada. the same budget. The US has like got, got a bigger pie. Right. You know? So they've got but bugs like, in every room, whereas the UK has a bug in the lobby. Yeah, prop, something like that. For, like, as a direct bugs <laughs> okay. on the walls example, yes. But, like, every country is doing as much spying as they can and they and they can get away with. Because it's just, yeah. it's just like, the obvious what you do to, like, have the, have the knowledge before it, uh, you could have possibly had it so you can react fastest, you know? We need to react fastest. Uh, yeah. Does that make so, sense? To, sorry, just talking of reacting fastest, these documents were leaked at the start of March. Ah, yes, reacting. just sat on this server Yeah, speaking of really good effective weeks. spying systems. <laughs> I did think not. It's got to me, this show is like a... A definite vulnerability in, in who had access to these documents. Because so, a 21-year-old within the U.S. military who clearly just had access to these files. Old enough to drink, old enough for classified files, Apparently Colin. so. And the number I heard this week was if you include uh, civilian contractors, soldiers, Navy, infantry, Marines, all of that stuff... It's about a million or 1.2 million yeah, Americans yeah. have access to these files. So that well, is, there's like, got to be leaks if that's how many people like, can see them. They've got access to some files. There's like so many things that are classified for different reasons. There's so many layers of classified. And then there's so many different reasons to access like one specific classified document, like the floor plan of a base that you need to be the janitor for, you know, right? So, yeah, the number of people who have access to classified stuff is huge. This one does seem weird, though. Unless he was involved with some random missions in Ukraine and related places, I don't see how some random 21-year-old AR dude has access to these specific files. It does seem like maybe there wasn't enough fencing. But, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm just some random person. Okay. Let's ask Biden why, why their classified document system is as weak as it is. Sorry. Because <laughs> he's had his own experiences. Just mentioning Biden, did you hear he said he's going to run for president again? No, I did not hear this. Did you, did you miss this? No. Yep. He did an interview, I think it was CNBC, and he basically was like, yeah, we're starting the early stages of, of preparing to run again. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Anyway, back to these uh, leaked documents. He's actually going to just straight up die. <laughs> <laughs> I do fear he will. Anyway, this these documents, including some of the, the headlines here, because this was pages and pages worth of stuff. Uh, the US believed the UN were undermining attempts to hold Russia accountable for the war and their <laughs> attempts to get a grain deal over the line. <laughs> we also had... 
some insight into Russian infighting over the reporting of how many uh, dead Ukrainian soldiers there were. Right. And another document dated the 23rd of March refers to the presence of a number of special forces operating inside Ukraine, with the UK having the largest contingent of 50. So 50 special forces from yep. the UK are in Ukraine yeah. at the moment. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of reasons they could be there. Um, just things like oversight and training to things like being very actively involved. Yeah, who knows? Doing Amazon kinda, deliveries. Kind of, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to look like you're engaging in the war when you're saying you're not. You know, so there, there's the same degree of like we're there to support, but not. Not to like cross any borders, you know. Uh, but yeah, so these leaks are dangerous in the sense that they can lead to further escalation and stuff, or it could lead to individuals being discovered as the person who is uh, the spy, shall we say? So like, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. jail. J- just for the the latest news, by the way, eight minutes ago. Jack Teixeira appeared in court. He was in a prison uniform, rather than and shorts and a t-shirt. Wow, and huge. Rather than shorten it, yes, indeed, he was not in his um, his summer gown, and uh, he stood there, and the charges were read out, and uh, he is going to be held in custody until trial. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, f- final question, actually, before we move on, do you think that these leaks affect the way that? these similar military intelligence agencies in other countries <laughs> view the US? Or do you think that they're comfortable with the fact that everyone is... I mean, of course, the CIA are spying on everyone. Like, yeah. Like, uh, there's no... If if there is a single country in the world who's, like, military leaders or who's, like, uh, espionage leaders are like, oh, the US, they're nice. We like them and we trust them. They're idiots. If there's any country that already doesn't like have USA at the bottom of the pile in terms of trustworthiness, they're idiots. Surely there's not a single place that's just like, oh yeah, the US, that's trustworthy. Let's just leave them alone. <laughs> well, it, to me, it's the sheer hypocrisy, as we've talked about before. I mean, yeah. Of the US being like, hey, we got to watch out for China. They're spying on us with TikTok. Or, hey, we, we've, we well, can't yeah. let North Korea have those things because what if they do something bad with them? And then it turns out, oh, wait, the US is doing all that and has been doing it for literally decades. I mean, yeah, the hypocrisy is endless, endless and endless and ongoing and ongoing. And it's just always about staying on top. It's not about like other people are doing unethical things. It's that they're doing it better than us sometimes. So we must stop them, you know? They made an app that is used by all of our people. We must just delete the app, you know? If, if the U.S. made an app that was used across all of China and China couldn't block it, the U.S. would not think it was unethical if they were using it as, like, a data-gathering thing. So, like, yeah, there's that, there's that hypocrisy. And it's the same again. Like, it's bad. I don't agree with any of this. It's, it's terrible that all these countries need to be spying on each other and need to try and stay ahead of the game. It's bad, and I don't like it, and it makes me uncomfortable, but it's inevitable, and it's really obvious. My not favorite, but another hypocrisy of the U.S. <laughs> that, I've, that is horrible is that they're one of the only reasons that they push back against criminal trials for war crimes in general. And they do. They block so many trials. Okay. And they have blocked trials. is because the Pentagon and other such organizations fear that people in the U.S. could be held accountable too. How about that? Like, if, oh, if we go after them for their war crimes, it might make us vulnerable. Like, they're just they're just despicable. You know? It's, yeah. Indeed. Okay, well, talking of despicable, let's finish up our <gasps> other big story of the week slash last two weeks. And this is the news that Donald Trump has now been formally charged with a crime. In fact, he's been charged with 34 counts of falsifying of the same crime. business <laughs> records. So, yes. although... 
these uh, falsifying records is usually treated as a lesser misdemeanor, according to this article. Uh, he's accused of committing felony offences, which uh, denotes a more serious crime, which could, of course, include prison time if this ever reaches a conclusion. As you talked about on the previous episode, James, this could go on and on and on for years and years and years. So... Yep. Alvin Bragg, as we talked about on the most recent episode, who's the DA of New York City, he said that these charges were brought against someone who lied and lied again and again to protect their interests and evade the laws to which we're all held accountable. Mr. Trump, of course, pleaded not guilty to all of these charges mm -hmm. and insisted after leaving the courthouse there was no case to answer. He posted on social media saying there was nothing done illegally. Uh, That, however, will be for a jury to decide. So yeah, 34 charges all relating right. to the hush money payment to the porn star, $130,000, which was then expensed for business. Right. Whilst he was president. Right. So yeah, that happened. It's like yes, like yeah, he got he, he did he did get to the arrested and he pretended he that everyone was really upset by it blah 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 and uh you know, this it's kind of just what we said last time. It isn't the strongest of the cases that are building against him, but it's the first one to get going. Well, first one to really get going. Yeah. It's just like, it's just don't get excited about it. I'm trying trying so hard just to not care and not get excited because Trump is going to yeah. die before he's held accountable for anything. True. You know, and then when he dies, maybe it'll feel like victory, but it won't really. It'll just feel empty. Yeah, he, he did say, you mentioned it there, <laughs> he spoke to Fox News in his first yes. interview since the arraignment, and he said that staff at the Manhattan court <laughs> were in tears or mm -hmm. close to it. Right, or and, close to uh, is key. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> how close mm. are we perceiving them to be? <laughs> Yeah, he also vowed that even if he's convicted, he would never drop out of the race for 2024. And uh, in response to this, a law enforcement uh, official within the courthouse describes Mr. Trump's claim of the tears flowing as, and I quote here, absolute BS. There mm -hmm. were zero people crying. There were zero people saying, I'm sorry. So are we surprised? I mean, yeah, it's no, just Trump. We are not. Yeah, yeah, it's just Trump. He's, you know, said him. Make a attempt at making a headline, and usually they the tears the were pouring who... down their eyes. Was uh, his exact line? But like the people, the people who who, who listen to him will, will believe it. Of oh, no, of course they will, and they won't listen to anyone who says otherwise. So it's going to work, and he's going to garner sympathy and get more money, and you know, uh, it will help him pay his legal fees for the next I don't know two years. How long has he got left? Oh, who knows? His heart surely is going to give him in any day now. Oh, you know what else happened? What? It was the anniversary of Thatcher dying. Oh, so We was. should have talked about that. That could have been the bright, sunny news at the start of the podcast. Uh, there was an article I was reading this week of all like the terrible things Z she did. Zelda unwell, but at least Thatcher is still dead. <laughs> that is um, that is true. I mean, to, to try and make it serious, it, in the same way as Trump supporters just like Trump because Trump says Trump was good, people who like Thatcher only like Thatcher because people say Thatcher was good. And then there's no real evidence. <laughs> She just kind of was bad, and things have gotten really bad for the nation ever since most of her decisions got enacted. Let's talk about France, because for weeks now... We've, we have skipped this story, I believe, until now. We Complete have, failure. but that's because we, we knew it was going to come to this. We've had weeks of protest in France because of this unpopular plan from President Macron to raise the retirement age to 64. And the Frenchies oh, are very, 64. very 
unhappy about this. They have marched, they have demonstrated, they've protested, they've burned stuff in cities and towns across the country, uh, even as recently as yesterday, in a final show of anger because the decision on whether this plan is constitutional slash legal is happening today. So by the time you've listened to this, they will have decided whether or not they can actually do this. Now, the reason for this, by the way, I believe the retirement age is 62 at the moment. Right now, yes. Yes. Well, maybe not right now in the future. Well, indeed. But Macron and and government have realised, hey, if we still want to have money, and if we still want to have a society and, and all these things, you're all going to need to work a little bit longer. Mm, and you, know, you said that like it was logical. <laughs> well, well, again, this is, I am simply paraphrasing because there's a lot you're more... You're being the voice of Macron. Yeah, I am the voice of Macron. Without doing an offensive accent. Yeah, exactly. But essentially, this has gone down like a lead balloon because it seems uh-huh. like the vast majority of French people are totally against this because they yes. they like the fact that they can retire at 62. Of course they so do, which nine you know, we all should be able to. On the France's constitu- Constitutional Council, excuse me, will decide today right. whether this law is legal and then we'll find out right. and probably t- in an hour or two. I think the main I think the main obstacle to it is that they basically skipped the democratic process to make it happen. Right. Wherein they kind of skipped the parliament and they just made it a thing in like a bill about the budget. Which doesn't seem right to me. I feel like if you're going to do things like change the retirement age, it should go through should probably you know, do it properly. The usual votes, make sure that the people who are representing the population are voting on it and that they that the majority of them want it. Instead of just like making it a thing because you need to do it to yeah. to float the boats. Instead of like taxing the rich or anything else. <laughs> I'm sure there would have been protests if their representatives decided to do this. Because why would you want the re- retirement age to go up? It's happening in the UK and it's depressing. Yep. Ours is going to 68 eventually. Although I think they're slowing it down a little bit. But eventually. Well, um, that was my question, which is how high could this go? Because, of course, in the UK, I fully expect by the time that we get to retirement age, it will be significantly higher than it is at the moment. Yeah. Because we do have an aging population, we will need to work longer. No, but we, we don't because we could just tax people fairly. Um, no, but that's not going to happen. Because if you, contribute, if you contribute from your from your pocket to a system that says that after some number of years of work you're getting your money back, you should be able to get that money back when you want to. Um, And I am firmly in the camp of people who believe that most people, when they can work, work beyond retirement age. The vast majority of people who are healthy and able to do some work will keep working until they can't. And especially if they're not rich, you know, if they're if they're if they're only if their only pension is state pension, like the tiny amount that you've that you've put into the uh, into the state's pocket over the years, and you're getting a couple of hundred back, maybe sometimes, they're going to keep working. We don't need to have a mandatory retirement age that's this much higher because most people just, especially the poor, work until they die already because we don't have a fair system. Yeah, yeah. So, so these things like this is this is token. It's not even going to solve a, a huge problem because I'm assuming, and it's not. And I could I could go and try and back this with stats, but until proven otherwise, I'm going to believe that most people work. That. When the retirement age is 62, the only people retiring are, are either the wealthier who are going to retire anyway because they don't need to rely yep. on a state pension or people who have had back-breaking work who can't do it anymore. 
they should be able to retire. If they're at 62, feel like they need to retire, they should be able to and get their full pension. And not even backbreaking work. Like things like train driving. The, the long-term health yeah. effects of sitting down for your entire workday are huge. You should be able to retire early, of course, for things like train driving, for things like teaching, the stress, the extra hours. You should be able to retire early for things like teaching. Like As society advances, we should be expecting more and more luxury. Mm -hmm. And we are in an advancing society. And the only people who are getting more and more luxury are the mega rich. Not even like people who are earning a million. They're not, they're not even benefiting anymore. It's the mega rich, the owners of the capital of the nation. Tax them. Did you see, sorry, segue, did you see that the 10 biggest uh, agriculture slash food export slash agencies slash organizations in the world made one and a half billion dollars in profit off the back of the Ukraine war? Exactly. From rising prices. These things should be so difficult to do, but that we live in a world where the people who own the eggs get to decide how much the eggs cost. And then go to hospitality. (laughs) Yeah, and then pay for their fancy sports (laughs) tickets with the profits that they made off of overpriced eggs. But that's so so the system, the system doesn't work. And I'm fully on board with the protests in France and any other nation should sure. be protesting because we, as like the poorer people, the working class, the taxpayers who actually pay a significant percentage of our money uh-huh. to the system, are no longer getting better and better things from the system. We're getting worse things from the system. Whereas other people are getting better things, and it's the people who own the land or who own the the businesses or who own the properties. And guess what? If we tax them for those things and they wanted to leave, they have to leave all that stuff behind. If we tax people for their properties they own, good. <laughs> Maybe they'll sell them. Maybe they <laughs> if will. If we tax them for the businesses they own, are they going to leave and take the business elsewhere? Okay. No, because we are the customers. Let's move on. Let's go to Tennessee. This is another story we've not talked about a lot. As uh, the state house, uh, its descent into near fascism, was thwarted this week because two of the blank Democrats who were kicked out of the Republican-led House last week got back to work on Thursday. This was a week after they were expelled from the Senate. Not just like banned for a day, they were expelled. Yeah, not just like kicked out of the room. Because they participated in a gun control protest. So this was the... Who did they participate with? By the way. I don't know. Who did they? Children? There was one other. There was one oh, other. Yes. So sorry, I should rephrase here. There were three Democrats who there protested. Two were black men. One was a white woman. Big... Do you want to guess which two got expelled? <laughs> which two got expelled from the, from the yeah. Tennessee state uh, <laughs> representative place? Yeah. So that's Thanks. what happened. Uh, Justin Pearson was sworn in once again on Thursday. Uh, the day after Shelby County commissioners unanimously voted to reinstate him. Yeah. And uh, his colleague as well, who I believe was put in the day or reinstated the day before. Right. Uh, Justin Jones. He was the other one who was banished last week over the protest following a mass shooting which left six people dead. Three kids, three adults. They protested and they were expelled from the House floor. Yes. How about that? Yeah, and it's... This it's, is bad. It's really it's, bad. It's bad. And I think different states of the United States are showing more and more that they are 
mask off just paragraphing like, sorry how do you defend this what is the defense of oh yeah they were protesting and so we chucked them, we literally be, expelled them what's the defense you've got, you've got to be sensible there must be decorum it's just a false that's it's, not a defense yeah but that's it's protest it's, it's, yeah so th- that's the children literally got shot dead yeah what do you want to do right and but that's ah. that's what they want to pretend is that we're just sensible people who need to do sensible things the right way but the right way is just like endlessly debating it and doing nothing right um, and that's why they want to do it the right way because they know that the right way is powerless it's the same in the UK all changes must go through their system because they know that they control the system and they'll only allow the changes that they like so that's why people need to protest and that's why even uh, senators or whatever need to be protesting um because the system will only work for the people who control it. And the people who control it is a smaller and smaller number of further and further right-leaning individuals, which is problematic to a huge degree. Right. Can I just add here, sorry, banishment, which is what happened here, <laughs> is a move that the uh, Tennessee chamber has used only a handful of times since the Civil War. Wow. Most state legislators have the power to expel members, but it's generally reserved yeah, yeah, yeah. as a punishment for lawmakers accused of serious crimes or misconduct exactly. and not as a weapon uh, uh, politically, which is what this was. Right. And uh, like it, it's, it's a, similar to what we've talked about uh, we're in it's a weakness of the system because the system relies on people being good or having good intentions there's no actual like like you have this power and you should only use it for like really bad people but there's no rule to make you only use it for really bad people we trust you and when you've got systems built on trust it's not going to work. There has to be actual established rules. And we see the same thing with like the the parliament here in the UK where there's been abuse of systems and no recourse yeah. because the system is based on trust and on goodwill. Um, so we obviously in the States and the UK, we need fundamental change to the way things work because when one party or one side of politics is completely untrustworthy and the other side is just kind of like, mostly untrustworthy, the system is broken. Yeah. On the back of this, by the way, because of course this was only two weeks removed from uh, the mass shooting at the school in Nashville. Yes. You had one Republican, uh, Governor Bill Lee, who decided, actually, maybe maybe we should do something. So he attempted to pass some legislation aimed at keeping uh, what's called here dangerous people from acquiring weapons, because of course uh, the weapons that were acquired legally, both in this shooting and the one we'll talk about in a minute in yeah. Louisville. Yeah. But um, that is unlikely to pass because... Because as we uh, would expect, Republican lawmakers have largely rejected any calls for stricter gun controls, uh, despite the fact that uh, children were were shot dead. And as we talked about in the most recent episode before this one, gun violence or death via a firearm is now the leading cause of death for children in the states. Which is, if you're if you're seeing that statistic. And your instant reaction is, no, we can't do anything. Yeah, then, oh, we're powerless to do anything. Yeah. Go f- yourself. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, it's heartbreaking constantly. And it's, it's terrible. not going to stop anytime soon. Nope, it will not. And, the, and it, well, not only is it not going to stop, it's going to keep ramping up. And that's just for the violence in general. Because we're seeing... Well, as I've said before, I am I am convinced that we will... I will die on this planet... <laughs> rather than dying on Mars, I will die on this planet having not seen any significant gun control legislation in the States. I am absolutely convinced of that because if when Sandy Hook happened and, what, 20 
yeah. five-year-old children got shot dead and no, nothing happened. I don't know. Look, we're beyond the no, pale. There's nothing. There is nothing that can be done at this point. Okay, but not to lean into Thatcher being dead and all, but Thatcher's dead and now Thatcher can't do bad things anymore, right? Right. The majority of millennials and younger are not becoming selfish conservative voters as they age. That is a fair point. Uh, Gen X mostly just by a tiny bit of a of a of a percentage i think it's 50 something percent shifted to conservative voters sorry right? who's gen so x are they above millennials the one the one above millennials right, so like okay. the trend started even before millennials gen x there was fewer people that did the shift okay. to the degree that it was almost parity um so if we keep seeing that happen and people keep being fed up of letting conservatives lead these nations we could see significant change and it is just about some old people dying, which is very horrible to say, but it is just the truth. Yep. Once the old, once the old selfish votes are dead, they can no longer vote. That is true. Okay, I want to quickly move on to the shooting I referenced there. This was in Louisville, Kentucky, where a former bank employee killed five of his co-workers in a targeted... Sorry, he killed five people, some of whom were co-workers, uh, in a targeted attack, which he, of course, did with a firearm he purchased legally yes. in the week before the attack. So the 23-year-old purchased an AR-15. Uh, he live-streamed the attack. That's news to me. Mm. And he was then later shot dead and this yep. of course is the latest uh, mass shooting according to the non-profit gun violence archive there have been 147 so far in 2023 Wait. where four or more people were shot and killed not including the attacker how many days has there been in 2023 uh quick maths 114 so like maybe <laughs> Exactly, right? It's more than one a day. Uh, yeah, so like nothing's going to change anytime soon. It's going to keep getting worse. And Correct. this is the degree where we're at. So we're, it's Now we're seeing these mass shootings uh, in, in slightly different profiles, where it is now just well, becoming a like bank a... bank as well. Yeah. So security, I presume we're there. A workplace, a workplace issue. Again, somebody obviously who wanted to die and therefore wanted to go out with like the, the, the shooter suicide method, which is more and more common in the States as well. But we're seeing it as like a, yeah. an escalation of things that shouldn't end up with any violence. Like... People are getting shot in the States for, like, arguing with their neighbors. They're getting shot for, like, having a bad workplace. They're getting shot for, like, being in a school and therefore being targeted, you know? And the, the motivations of the shooters are developing and changing as well, where it's just past grievances and nothing's getting done. So, so like, I, like we, we need the votes to change. We need it to happen really soon. And hopefully, hopefully, please, please, Generation Z, go vote. The millennials don't vote. We don't vote enough. Um, hopefully, we're the we're the lesson not to be lazy and to actually vote. We'll see. I doubt it's going to happen. The youth vote will never actually occur, but eventually, those youth will be old enough to be the majority. Okay. We'll see. Like it's not soon, and it's heartbreaking that it's not soon. And the rest of this year is going to be horribly depressing. Whenever you see one of these stories come yep. out, um, the only the only positive is that it is tied to gun access, and therefore it is tied to specific countries. Uh, who have both gun access and complete lack of uh, uh, mental health care, who have free access to all the ammunition in the world and a, a lack of general health care, you know, and a, and a lack of community. Yeah, it's all of those things all at once. So it is very specifically states. Okay, before we move on, trigger warning, we're going to talk about 
abuse in this next section as we move on to the Conservatives. So skip ahead if that is something you'd rather avoid listening to. Okay, let's take it back to the UK. I want to talk about the culture wars. I did reference this earlier, so let's get into it. This is the news that the former director of the Equality and Human Rights Commission has said that planned changes to the definition of sex being introduced by the Prime Minister are, and I'll quote him here, nonsense on stilts and pure transphobia. Right. So this is Rishi Sunak's uh, planned shake-up of the definition of sex. He says he's considering official advice that will change the definition legally and will create uh, greater clarity around women-only spaces. But uh, Gray Collier, who is now the advocacy director for the human rights group Liberty, said that these changes were based on misleading and transphobic assumptions, adding they were legally illiterate, unworkable, and just another way of using trans people's actual lives as a pawn in the culture war. So, James... Thoughts on this, please. It was not a surprise. It's uh, it's just not a surprise. We were told by, uh, what was it, Lee Anderson? I remember talking about him when he got appointed as a new Conservative chair, whatever, that the culture war was going to be the Tories' goal for votes. Culture war being things like immigration and things like trans people being evil and yeah, yeah, yeah. wanting to do horrible things to everyone. Um, so it's no surprise that the Tories are going to try and change uh language that has been in place since like 2010 and has caused no issue yep and the only reason they're changing it is because it's a hot topic right now and they can get people to vote for them because they're seen as like addressing it the the point of the language currently is that it's flexible because you have to prove specifically what sex means in each situation right now the language doesn't specify sex as biological or the the gender uh, certificate or the jet or anything to do with tra- uh, trans people because the the law requires exclus- excluding trans people to be provably good the right thing to do okay whereas they're wanting to change the law to just be biological sex so that anyone could just exclude trans people uh, in any space they wanted right for no reason at all um and they and they will get votes for it because it's a popular issue right now because yeah. the trans story has been blown out of proportion because the government and the media are working together to make it the, the big enemy yeah which is unfortunate well, it's beyond unfortunate it's it's wrong because we've come to this place in time where if you had 400 people in a room chances are one or maybe two of them would be trans and apparently that's the most important issue yeah and it's what the government how, and the media how, are how focusing that on well it's, it's the same like how are we talking about immigration when it's like a tiny little issue in comparison to the rest of the nation it's a distraction again method. like probably two of them in that 400 would be yeah, immigrants it's, it's, yeah, it's, migrants, it's completely d- distraction they're a failing government who have barely anything to be proud of so they're trying to distract their voter base with tiny little issues that can make them angry or make them scared. And this is the big one. And it's heartbreaking because it is one that is currently convincing to, like, I'm going to put in quotes, centrists. I don't really know, labor voters, people okay. who vote labor still, whoever votes for Keir Starmer still, is convincing to them to the degree that Keir Starmer is coming out. And talking about how we don't need to reform yet, we need to have a discussion, and we need to have a we need to re- we have to have a resolution before we make any more reforms. It's just like, what happened to 
I mean, the nation who, then, with, with Theresa May in charge of the Conservatives, was talking about how reform was necessary, how respecting right. trans people was necessary, and now we've got we've got we've got the Tories saying like, oh, we must respect them, except give them no rights, you know, except don't give them access to spaces where they would be safe. We'll make sure that they can't access their safe spaces. <laughs> it, to me, though, it's it's a total dearth of actual political discussion or debate, or as you've talked about there, discussing some real issues that are happening because we're in a a space and time where you'll have people on the left who will bring up legitimate grievances like, hey, people who work for the National Health Service need to be paid more, or our environment is, the planet is dying and we need to do something, or hey, we need to look at how police deal with people because brutality and corruption is out of control, whereas it it seems very much on the right, and this is the way it's going. The issues are things like we need to stop the boats of people who are fleeing their homes in search of a safer life. Or, hey, that person has purple hair and looks a bit too manly to be a woman. Let's <laughs> deal with that. Yeah. Or in the States, but, uh, where yeah. it's, hey, those M&Ms used to be sexy. Now they're no longer sexy. This is so woke. Yeah. Stop. But, that's uh, what they're yeah. that's what they're campaigning on. But as you've highlighted, it's likely going to work for yeah. some parts of the voter for, base because that has yeah. been now drilled into them that this is a really important issue. We need to talk about it, even though, yeah. as I said, uh, as I saw this week, ask yourself how many opinions you have about trans people, and then ask yourself how many trans people do I actually know in real life? Yeah, and that should be the number of opinions you have about them. And then, and then, if you do know any, how many of them are you like scared of? How many of them do you think want to abuse you at the at like just at the with, with the with the first opportunity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. all of the discourse is based around the idea that all trans people one are dangerous and want to abuse you, and two <laughs> are somehow all. Uh, male to female. It completely. They never discuss all the trans men. The other way around. Who yep. who who would be completely victim here, if if all yep. women's spaces were 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 based around only biology, then what like what does it do to like what the, what a trans man wants to do? Are they going to be forced to go to the women's spaces? Yeah. Are our men's spaces default open, and then are men going to complain about trans men going into their spaces next? And then we have to have like this weird segregation where you actually do get a co- a complete certificate check of your like bringing your birth certificate everywhere yeah. you go. Well, I may have said it before, but Graham's best friend is a trans man has been Lewis for the majority of his life. And if you were to see him in the street, and the fact that, of course, he's been using the gents for the best part of, what, 15 years? And, of course, has never once been stopped because he's, he's a man yeah. for all intents and purposes. But if this is the way that uh, certain governments want to take it, or as in, oh, no, you must use the um, the bathroom off your your birth gender. And then, like, level... Then, yeah, that's that's completely unworkable. The guy has a full-on beard and moustache. Yeah, level two of the argument, where they're like, oh, but if we allow anyone to identify as, you know, like, trans woman, then any man could go into a woman's bathroom. Well, if bathrooms are open to your biological sex, then any trans man could go to a woman's bathroom and not be questioned, right? So then any man who looks like a trans man could go to a woman's bathroom just as easily. So yeah. all of their ideas around protection fall apart at the first hurdle of, again, just forgetting that trans men exist. Because either one has exactly the same argument and 
you know, I think it's easier for a man to look like a trans man than it is for a man to look like a trans woman and access any right. spaces for like dangerous reasons. Ultimately, but it's though, all fear mongering, and it's all it is, and it's all deliberate, and that's the important part. All this, all the rest is just me venting and you venting and us being scared. <laughs> but the important part is that it's manufactured, and it's only manufactured by one side of the debate. True. Like the Tories have chosen this. In the States, it's American lobby groups and Christian lobby groups and the Republicans that have chosen this. They are manufacturing the fear to make it a voter issue where it hadn't been for years. 20 years ago in the UK, everyone knew about trans people and there wasn't this insane level of fear. Yeah, we've regressed. Uh, and as we've talked about before, as I've highlighted before, people are appalled in hindsight as to the way that gay people were portrayed in the 80s and 90s. The fact that yeah. Yeah, if you were in the same space as someone who had HIV, you were going to get HIV and die. Yeah. And the fact that that was now, with the benefit of hindsight, people say, hmm, maybe that was mm. deeply painful and terrible yeah, maybe all those times that we were just asking questions to say to stay safe and protect the kids maybe that's actually just harmful and you got to stop just asking questions and start like looking at the actual yeah. figures and stats and looking at the science and actually caring about people and their feelings so in the same way when we can look at headlines that say hey let's not be open about our sexuality because if we do gay men are going to are going to molest you in changing rooms if we're able to look back ahead lines from that what 25 30 years ago and say that's terrible let's never do that again yeah the same thing is gonna happen where in decades down the line we'll go back and we'll say huh yeah. this was terrible why did we allow that and this is what's but 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 as you've highlighted people will vote yeah for these parties based on the fact that hey there's too many migrants arriving on boats or hey yeah. there's too many uh, trans people out there we need to do something about the trans people rather than hey food bank usage in the uk is at a record high yeah hey the cost of living is forcing people out of their homes yeah let's talk about that instead so, real stuff and and related just related directly i i did finish jk rowling's witch trials podcast or did you? It, how was it i hated every minute of listening to it i'll be honest it was weak reporting <laughs> i'm honestly i'm impressed you stuck with no, it no i i like i'd like you to listen to it because it didn't feel like journalism and i know it, did, it was not supposed to feel like journalism but they were pretending that it was going to be like a conversation asking the right questions to both sides and trying to have a fair debate but i think yeah. on examination a lot of these like efforts where this podcast or articles surrounding the trans debate they always just like they uh, they just ask and give free reign to people who are opposed to, to the trans uh, identity and then whenever and then they never like clarify anything double check anything verify anything and then like they verify everything on the other side and constant questions and and backlash um, but with, with the podcast i would i would I like to point out that jk rowling at one point and i think we should actually do an effort to listen to this reply to it. I don't even know. Some people surely have that are smarter than us. But at one point, she pointed out that her like barrier for entry for allowing trans women in general to be allowed access to bathrooms was like, if not a single trans woman had ever like abused somebody with these rules. That's impossible. Right. Trans people are human. That means there are going to be some of them who are bad. That doesn't mean that you remove access to all of them from public spaces. You know, 
like this it's kind of like the brain rot elon elon musk logic thing again where it's just like well why do women's bathrooms exist in the first place then because surely if a single bad thing had ever happened in a woman's bathroom we should just delete women's bathrooms and women should only go to their bathrooms at their homes but then maybe women shouldn't go to bathrooms at their homes if in a home bathroom a woman had ever been abused maybe they shouldn't be allowed bathrooms you know, <laughs> like, I, like the brain rot of the logic when we're talking about counter trans arguments is horrible. But like you say, it's convincing and it's going to win, in my opinion, for the next five, ten years until a decade's passed and we get embarrassed. And then another couple of decades have passed and we look back and we go like, we were disgusting. The, the discourse was horrible. Right, James, let's talk about what we've been watching. Seeing as last episode, we had a combined total of nothing. Hey. Well, I had nothing. Sorry, not to slander you. And therefore, you. I got silenced. You were, because we ran out of time. Um, <laughs> I have a TV show and a movie. Right. What do you have? I got a TV show and a TV show. Okay, uh, do you want to start with one of your TV shows? Okay, we'll start with the one that you've not watched. <laughs> okay, okay, great. What is it? I watched Bad Batch, the one I talked about last hey, week. Star Wars, like Star Wars animated show for mostly a younger audience, but like I guess teenage, but also like they kind of like mix in like proper dark story to it sometimes. So it's a bit of an everything for everyone kind of show. It's a story about if you've watched Star Wars, it's like it follows a bunch of clones who were like defective but in ways that helped them and they rebel against the order to be evil suddenly. Um, and I watch, and there's a show following their progression through life, trying to survive in a world where they are like the enemy of the empire, and also need to make a living. Um, and mostly, I would say it is just a show on par with the usual uh, animation that comes out of the Star Wars universe, which is fifty percent kind of bad, <laughs> just like. An episode that doesn't do anything, but it was kind of fun, okay. maybe. It maybe references some pop culture. It was kind of fun, but definitely an episode that was made for kids, probably. But, like, the adults go, oh, I recognize that reference to Indiana Jones. Um, but then the other half is just really compelling TV with good character-driven moments and uh, uh, convincing stories and uh, interest and intrigue and episodes that, that don't just, like, finish, but actually, like, have a story that... Uh, picks up from in the past and leaves some stuff for the future and all of those things. So I enjoyed it a lot as a person who will watch even the worst Star Wars stuff and still kind of like like it, kind of like Boba Fett and all of that. I enjoyed it a lot. I would say that if you compare the animation of like the Star Wars department to what it used to be, leaps and bounds. It is crazy how good they're getting. Um, but one of my favorite things was just the music. The music was insane, um, which is not unexpected because Star Wars has always been very good with his music. But the music was great. Um, so overall, Bad Batch season two, not the last season, was good. There is another season confirmed. Oh. The season is confirmed to be the final season. I saw that coming though. I, like the way that the, the way that this season went, it definitely felt like the middle film of a Star Wars trilogy. Okay, uh, but like. A good middle film of a Star Wars trilogy. Uh, it set everything up for like a good final season, uh, and I'm looking forward to it a lot. But we can talk about that in like two, three years, whenever that comes out. Sure. But no, do, do if you, you like feel, Star Wars, I'd recommend it. Do you feel like the show needed more than just one final season, or or is it kind of telling a story and this is the end coming? I can see. I can see. 
that they've planned this. It feels planned. Um, and hopefully it will mean that the final season has a little bit less of those kind of like filler episodes, the side quests and the things like that, and just tells the story they want to uh, with the characters. Um, overall, like it's just a, it's a well-written thing. Um, and it, it does explore the Star Wars universe very well. And it definitely like leaps and bounds ahead of like a, a, a series like Boba Fett or Obi-Wan. Um, but obviously not something on par with one of the other shows we might talk about in a second. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And dear listener, if you have anything that you would like to review, a TV show like James has just gone over or a movie like I'm about to tell you about, then send it to us, seesawparade at gmail.com. Yeah. Audio form's great, but written form will do just the trick. James, do you want to hear my... TV show or movie? Yeah, I, I will say. Oh, okay. I will. I will say one thing before that because it's related to this era of the Star Wars stuff. This is like this the, the era of Star Wars that we're working in, or the post sequel trilogy era. They have to try so hard to set up the storylines and make sense of the things that was just invented to make the sequel trilogy happen, and it is happening in every single one of their shows. They are trying very hard to be like. Oh, do you remember this thing from the sequel trilogy? Well, it turns out it was happening all along. Oh, wow. We yeah. were writing it in post. We're filling it in. So they're doing a, they're trying really hard to like backfill things, and it's very noticeable for me. Okay, let's move on. I'm going to tell you, first of all, actually, I, film. I'm actually not going to do that. I'm going to talk about the TV show because you talked about Star Wars. So here's me talking about Star Wars. Oh, crap. This is the show Andor, which I would say is like. I finished it ages ago. You took ages. You took, you I'm so sorry, slow. but I am a busy person. I have Drag Race to watch. Come on. So, so this is Andor. For those of you who are unaware, and uh, I'm convinced that Graham must have fallen asleep whilst watching Rogue One, because all these like characters who are in this actual Star Wars movie show up in this TV show, and I'm like, oh hey, look, it's Saul Guerrero, yeah. or hey, it's it's literally the lead character, Cassian Andor. It's that guy. He was in an entire movie, and Graham will say, I don't remember him. Or hey, it's it's one of the side. Right. It's one of this. It's one of the other captains. So there's the, loads of these kind of little nods film. and Easter eggs and here's my overall take I enjoyed the show a lot because it didn't feel particularly Star Warsy. Right. Is that a fair assessment? They did a different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like yep. a show in the Star Wars universe that did, it had enough of a Star Wars feel that you're like, yep. that checks out but then the way they handled the show wasn't. It just was a different sure. vibe. Sure. So overall, I really like the performances. I think Diego Luna is tremendous as the lead character Andor. Stellan Skarsgård. I mean, he's always just brilliant. Anyway, and always. even the so smaller bit part characters, we see a lot of the um, the. I was going to say the the dark side. That's not the the Empire. We see a lot of these yeah, the Empire, yeah, yeah, Empire yeah, yeah, characters, yeah. but they're fully fleshed out. So rather than just being like, oh, here's an old evil white guy. Here's bad guy. Here, here are some bad people, but they also have motivations and they have relationships with each yeah. other and things. Here's somebody who's frustrated with the bureaucracy. Right. <laughs> so I actually really enjoyed that almost peek behind the curtain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. It, it meant that there was much more than just, oh, they're bad because they're bad. It's here's someone who is fully convinced that what they're doing is the right thing to do even yeah. if it's absolutely insane so i really yes. enjoyed that part of the show one thing i did not enjoy oh. was the fact that some of the rebel motivations seem to flip 
on a dime. Now, I appreciate that you need to have some sort of conflict and it can't all just be like, oh, the bad guys are going after the good guys. Like, the good guys, maybe not all of them are, are that good after all, but right. it felt like it was too, their motivations were too flimsy. They would go from, hey, yeah, we need to hire this guy. He's fantastic. He's the best. We're going to use him. And then a day later, they think, actually, you know what? He knows too much. Kill him. We gotta kill him. So, so that to me, I was less on board with because suddenly they went from that, yeah. you know it's all in the name of the rebellion to actually you're totally dispensable. I'm going to literally murder you very quickly. So less fond of that. Big shout out to Andy Circus who was only in the show for like three episodes but was phenomenal. Wow, don't say the number of episodes. That's a spoiler. What, well, it's, without saying like there's a, a... He had a bit part. He had a big part. He was only in three episodes but that, does, that leaves his fate open. But he as a performer is a just the best actor. I love him. He was so good in that role that he played. Yep. That it made me forget that he played Snoke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that he got a good role in Star Wars. Um, But no, like, so the way the show worked, it was kind of like one season, was it 12 episodes? Uh, Uh, 10. No, 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 12, you're right. Yeah, one season with an overall story arc that that was split up into like four other story arcs, three episodes each. With So they did, they did the Star Wars thing of like setup episode, like oh drama episode, and then sure. climax episode. Yeah, four times. Um, <laughs> and I think that was actually very intelligent, okay. even if it did make things a little bit predictable. If you're paying attention, you could you could kind of predict what was how each mini arc was going to end because he knew it was like episode two of this part, right? And then right, what's right, going right. to happen episode three? Um, but it did allow them to be way more flexible with, with the characters, with the side characters. They didn't have like one cast for the whole time who had to be on several different locations. Yep. Uh, they could also do a lot of different work with with the different locations, all of that. So, it, it, like, I think that they're their constraint in that way, but then also having everything feed into the overall story um, with a way more, with much more interesting politics and espionage and all of that was really well done. Sure. Um, and I hope they lean into that in the future where they realize that having these overarching stories that are compelling is really good. And then having things that aren't just episodic, but like have a have a story, not just per episode, but per three or four. And yep. each of them like taught the characters uh, different things or connected them with different people. It was really well handled. Um, unfortunately, Andor didn't get watched by many people. Oh. So we might not, they might not think it was a good idea. Uh, they might think, oh, we, we tried really hard with it and it was kind of not very popular. We should just do more Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate because I did, I did really enjoy the show overall. I thought it set up the pieces for season two very nicely. Yeah. And yeah, I was, I was on board with it. So if you are interested in that, it's on Disney Plus, as most things are. It's, it's, it's the best thing they've made. In the, in the new Star Wars era. Big call. Um, it's the best thing they've made in the Star Wars era. And, and it's beyond, like, even the, the, the what is it, uh, Rogue One. Wow. Uh, which, weirdly enough, we, like, we know the fate of Andor as a character. We do. And this is, like, the proof for me that knowing someone's fate doesn't ruin a prequel, you know? Because That's also true. At no point was I, like, less worried about him. <laughs> like, there was so much to worry about. <laughs> Uh, constantly, um, I think my one complaint is different from yours. I think the final three episode part did get a bit cringe. Okay, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but there was like a there was a character who uh, ends up being like a cheesy hologram speech giver. Yep, 
And that was a bit cringe. Yeah. It didn't really work for me. Yeah, fair enough. I'll, I'll take that. And it's the same as like a TV these days also struggles with action a lot. And I think some of the action didn't work. I think it's, I think the way we're filming things these days, action is a bit constrained, a bit railroady. So, okay. Best thing they've made, but I, I, room for improvement. I hope they do improve right, it. Right. Well, sticking with reviews from me, I'm going to tell you about John Wick 4. Wow. Wow. My days. This is. The fourth movie, as the number would suggest, in the John Wick franchise with Keanu Reeves playing the role of Mr. Wick, the hitman who is out to kill as many people as humanly possible in the space of a movie. Just so I can interrupt before you say things that are cool and I, uh, so I don't discard it with a joke afterwards. Did you see the, the stuntman who stands menacingly at the top of some stairs and then gets shot and then falls down some stairs? I did. There, there were a lot of people falling down stairs and every single time it happened, I winced with every bounce. And I thought, how on earth did you do that on Sacre Coeur where you every can, step is, is, will, a, is a stone, is concrete? I will link you. I will link you the video when that stuntman eventually t- talks about his stunt. Because I would love to see that. Anyway, this was and still is, out in cinemas right now. It's making lots of money, and so it should, because this is, as you'd expect, and you can rest assured, John Wick fans, a phenomenal John Wick movie. Yeah, well, that's 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 the title there. Phenomenal John Wick movie. (laughs) Yes, because... You've got to bear in mind, and I did reflect on this somewhat last week or in a previous episode, the movies have evolved because the first one was revenge. Dog got shot, car got stolen, man goes on revenge. Yeah. This time he's in Morocco, he's in Seoul, or sorry, he's in Tokyo, he's in Paris, he's in the States, and just here, there, and everywhere. It's it's becoming, and I hate to use the comparison, like the Fast and Furious globe trotting. Well, movies yeah. whereas the first one was set in like one singular location in the states so right. the movie has evolved and the franchise has evolved he's not like saving the world by kicking a, a nuke or anything like that though right he's, no he's still just but it, John it is Wicking. at the point where he's using his jacket to shield bullets and I appreciate you can put Kevlar uh, into clothing, yeah. but uh, yeah, we're, it's a far cry from movie number one. So as long as you're okay with, yeah, someone holding up their jacket to shield being shot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, fine. if you got past that scene earlier, I think in John Wick 2, where they were trying to, sh- there was two people trying to shoot each other with silencers in a very public space. So if you got past <laughs> that scene and can still yeah. enjoy John Wick, you'll be fine. <laughs> right. So if you can totally disengage your brain from the reality of how do you murder 150 people in Paris and not a single policeman be in sight. Yeah. Great. Okay. This is set in an alternative universe where bodies just disappear and yeah. people deal with it yeah. and there aren't mass protests Guns and are magic. the hospitals can cope yeah. and all these things just happen. Okay. So if you deal with that, it is such a good time. And I was so, and because I am so invested in the character of John Wick, I really enjoyed it. Sure. Like, it's even with the runtime, but yeah. it did not feel like the two hours 45 it actually is. Oh, man. I'm excited now. And part of it is because it, it, it really does whiz along. It's divided into, I would say, three acts mm-hmm. in total. Okay. But there is still room for relationship building. There's a lot of callbacks to other movies. And not just John Wick movies, by the way. Oh, nice. Okay. References to oh, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. There's references to a couple Tarantino movies. Uh, there's a reference to Lawrence of Arabia at the very start. Nice. Okay, Loads yeah. of Easter eggs in there for, for fans of just movie making in general. It looks amazing. The cast of characters... 
are generally fleshed out. There's the new baddie in this one whose name... Oh, oh it's, he's It the Clown. Skarsgård. Well, not oh, Stellan. the other Skarsgård. The yeah. other one. And not Peter, because he's the other Steven. one. Oh, that's going to annoy me. <laughs> yeah, there's the whole dynasty. That guy, he's young. Yeah, I know, you're, I know who you're talking about. He can make that goofy face. Oh, that's really annoying me. Anyway, he is the villain. He could have done with a little bit more in terms of what's this guy's motivations rather than just being like an upstart who we saw in the trailer because oh. that's basically as much as we get okay, yeah, yeah, from yeah. him okay. is that he's very annoyed that John Wick is ah. thwarting all his plans ah. and he's very arrogant. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he doesn't take no prisoners, but that's about it. Okay, yeah. Whereas... Okay. From Donnie Yen's character, Donnie, I love Donnie Yen. Right. Donnie Yen's character, Kane, gets far more okay. fleshed out treatment to the extent they've talked about doing a spin-off for his character. Of course they have. So they're, they're making a universe. There now. is a lot. Well, this is this is the other thing. Is the final point I was going to end it. The movie ends, and there has been talk of a John Wick five. I believe that the main franchise should end. Okay. With that movie. Okay. Because, to me, it tied a really nice bow on the arc they've been telling since the first one. And this one brought it to a nice finale. And I feel like if they were just to start it again, I don't know. It's just not... I don't think they need to. But Right. They'd have to, they'd have to do another kickoff. Considering how much money this movie is making... Yeah, I could see them getting Keanu back out there for another round. But as you've mentioned, the ballerina spin-off with um, a host of John Wick characters, that's coming out next June. Yeah. And the Continental, the TV show, which yeah. is also in the John Wick universe, is um, in production. So Yeah, although... Yeah, th- those wheels are turning. The Continental that loses supposed lead right i believe they may have shot the film entirely already but yes um, okay yeah lance reddick unfortunately yes as we talked about died so he will be in season one we'll see how they handle that i mean it's possible yeah Okay, James, final review from you. That was it. I, I watched Andor ages ago. Oh, with oh, see. The, well, you said you had two TV shows. You lied. Yeah, I watched Bad Batch and Andor. I watched Andor months ago, but I did watch oh, it. Oh, I see. Right, okay. To update you on shows I'm currently watching, <laughs> Succession, season four, I've started that. Oh, I, I've, seen that, I've seen that people are liking it so far. Yes, I... I cannot get enough of this show. It's I can see why some people just don't get it. Graham, for example, not really a show for him. Yeah, this is always for always. me. Inject it into my veins. It's the writing, the performances, the storylines, just phenomenal stuff. And Brian Cox is an all-time great. Yeah, there's no show that will be for everyone. That's that's just guaranteed. Yeah, true. But Succession, give it a shot. You know what I miss though in in Succession is when it felt like Brian Cox's character could die at any yeah. moment. Yeah, he's uh, he's very good at that. I think in season one, for the first couple of episodes, I was like, oh, he could die any second, and then for the rest of the season, I was like, oh, he could die maybe any second, and then kind of like as the show went on for me, it felt less and less like he could die any second. Well, the, the show is called Succession, and as we know, this is the, sh- the show's last season, and as Jesse Armstrong, the creator, has yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. there will be, as the title suggests, a Succession. So a Succession. Keep, just right. keep watching the show, that's what I said. It's on episode three at the moment of a ten-episode series, so... I kind of just miss what it felt like he was completely deranged sometimes. <laughs> well, you know? This is what he's won so many awards for, being deranged on I'm camera. Gone. The oldest man around and and died. Anyway, 
That's that's currently it. We're watching that. Also watching The Last of Us, yet to finish that. And we oh, are yeah, 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 yeah. I've watched that. one episode away from the finale of Drag Race Season 15. Huge, Which huge. I, I will review, and I know it's just like another season of this competition, but it's an important show and for a lot of people, and I have grown yeah. to love it. So, are you watching? Are you watching The Mandalorian? Uh, no, but I will add it to my list. Okay, two trailers to talk about very quickly before we wrap up. I don't know how to say the name of this first one. James, you want to give a shot? Ahsoka. It's not Asuka or As ah- ah- Ahsoka. Ahsoka, yeah. Right, because I know in in Japanese that name or a very close variety of it would be called Ozka. Yeah, but this is a Star Wars character, so it's like okay. it's just a name. Ahsoka. <laughs> Here's a trailer with yeah. Rosamund Rose not Rosamund Pike. Nope, wrong actress. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, Roselia Dawson. That's it, uh, Dawson. Is that the first name? Okay. Here's a clip. It's been a while. Things have changed. I started hearing whispers about Thrawn's return. heir to the empire perhaps it is time to begin again okay james what do you think of this trailer featuring Rosalia dawson you know what this tra- i love that you dropped the name again colin you knew that the whole time <laughs> i uh, got it right uh this trailer is got me excited about star wars in like a, f- a way that i hadn't been for a while and or kind of made me believe again after like after the failures of boba fett and Obi-Wan and Mando kind of season two I didn't like as much as season one I thought oh Star Wars are doing a Marvel decline already this trailer makes me think that this show could be the one to convince me that not everything will be bad okay it looks like they've tried really hard and they have pulled in so many things from so many of the different universes well not universes but like shows shows yep that it, it's it's sure that they had to care because they've pulled things from their cartoons that that you know only some people have watched not everyone they've, they're pulling things in from sure. the live action stuff like the character mm-hmm. um although she's originally from the cartoons of course um and the idea of pulling all these things together including the big bad guy who has already been in the cartoons but is no. this will be the first time that the big bad guy will be on the actual live action shows they have to try really hard to make that work for everyone. Because there will be people who don't know who Admiral Thrawn is, and then people who do. Sure. And that's a character that they've pulled in from like the old expanded universe novels, the not even official Star Wars stuff. Wow. So they are like actually Digging. instead of doing the the, the the sequel trilogy stuff of like kind of like vaguely copying some ideas from the old stuff that they that they decanonized but doing it really poorly. It looks like they're just trying to copy the good stuff now and using the characters that people like. Um, And the show looked high production. It didn't look Obi-Wan level of production. It didn't look Boba Fett level of production. It looked like they've tried. So I am hopeful. Yep. I would add to that by saying it looks like a very well-made show and I'm I'm interested to watch it. I hope it's good. I really do because this character is like the the main character in like the, some of the cartoons that they've released. I'm attached to this character a lot already. And then they're pulling in things from other cartoons that they made. The uh the Rebels cartoon they made and like well animation that they made. And like to try and bring it all together is a challenge, but I like, it looks like they've got a goal now. And I know they've got a goal cuz they did their Star Wars thing and they told us that there's going to be a final film 
in the they've called it the Mandoverse, which does hurt my feelings. Uh, there's going to be a okay. final film to tie all of these things together and come to an actual end goal. And I think that having an end goal is good for storytelling. So sure, we got hope. We got hope for good Star Wars shows, not just things that I watch and enjoy, but feel like they could have done better. On. Okay, we're well, talking off at the end of storytelling. Here's a trailer for Indiana Jones, The Dial of the, Destiny. The definitely last one. Definitely the last one. Here's a clip. <laughs> I'm retiring. Well, in that case, what are we drinking? Same for the goddaughter. Dad told me you found something on a train during the war. A dial that could change the course of history. Why are you chasing the thing that drove your father crazy? So this movie, of course, with Harrison Ford, uh, who looks like he's been de-aged quite significantly in certain parts For of this trailer. For some of the scenes, yeah. Yeah, it looks like there's going to be flashbacks. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen, who's just the bad guy in everything he does, and Phoebe oh, Waller-Bridge from Fleabag. He's a good guy, and Mads Mikkelsen was the kind of, like, ex-bad guy, now good guy in one Star Wars film. That is true. Okay, anyway, what did you think of this? I, like, it looks like a... looks like a... Indiana Jones film it looks like one of the better it doesn't look like it's going to be Lost Skull or whatever the Crystal Skull yeah when he jumped in a fridge and survived a nuclear bomb yeah it doesn't look like it's going to be that bad it does look like it's going to be old indie trying to do things which is always going to be a bit funny but it looks like it better okay there was one line that I hated which was like everyone's stealing things then the Waller Bridges character is like oh that's capitalism and I'm like eh. <laughs> I don't like anti-capital anti-capitalism viewpoints being so poorly represented <laughs> like good on them it's for trying but yeah, good on them for trying to be make an anti-capitalist joke but like represent it better please sure. uh, but no it looks like a, it looks like a fun film i'm sure it'll be fun it, i doubt it's the last uh, one uh, how many times did you spot glasgow oh man i love that we're seeing so much glasgow in films these days it's great it's great i love it yeah it's like oh look that's st vincent street I, there. <laughs> I was there yeah i watched them film that from a distance did you like the look of the trailer it's like Indiana Jones has never been. It's just, yeah, it's just my my bag, really. Even the wait, even the old ones. Well, the, like the first one, the iconic thing where he, it's going to be a big sword fight, and he just gets out his gun and shoots him. <laughs> gets the gun out. That's, Do you know that, why that happened? You know that story, yeah, I did, right? Because he was really ill that day, right? He was just too sick to have an actual fight, so they were like, just shoot him. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I have seen that one, and yeah, it's a good movie, but I'm not like head over heels for. Oh, I'm so excited for this umpteenth movie. But sure, the original ones, yeah, they've yeah, got a nice place in Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like the Ghostbusters. It's kind of like the Ghostbusters remix. It's like nostalgia, but like, you know, like, why? Oh, my days, it's going to be the best. <laughs> but no, they, 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 didn't, they didn't name drop Hitler, huh? Did. That's cool. <laughs> he did. <laughs> People like Hitler these days, mm. apparently. Yeah, he's very in vogue. He is. Oh, to the to the point, this is un, completely unrelated, but Hitler's involved. The uh, judge Clarence Thomas or whatever from the U.S. Supreme Court got is is getting caught in a corruption thing. He got he got he got he got the money. Yeah, I saw that. He was given loads of um, expensive holidays to and a, didn't declare them. A, to a, from a from a Hitler enthusiast. Oh, it gets better and better. <laughs> Somebody collects Hitler memorabilia. Only the good people do that. Yeah. Oh well, we'll talk about that next time. James, we're out of time. Thank you so much. Harris, wait. For one last your... Harrison Ford thing. One last Indiana Jones. He has said that. Oh, Okay. There won't be Indiana Jones about Harrison Ford, right? Do you believe that? Yes, I do. Okay. I don't. I think they'll just digital they'll just digital him and have him as a like side character at some point. They will they will they will steal him like capitalism does. Indeed. Okay, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye James. Yeah, say more nice things about us so that I can feel like we didn't earn it.
on life in the moment. I want to feel like I didn't earn your compliments again. That felt really bad and good at the same time. Yes, absolutely. You compliment us more. We love it. Okay, bye, James. Bye, Zelda. Bye-bye. And bye, yeah, bye, Zelda. Well, not like bye-bye, Zelda, right? Just like, see you next week, Zelda, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. see you next week, yeah. Zelda. And uh, for clarity, yes. Thatcher is also still dead. Bye. Thatcher, definitely dead.